0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is Audie HD, a podcast meant to educate the masses on Audie HD in women and to educate us women on how to live a fuller life, whether clinically diagnosed or not. I'm your host Ashley, a professional audiehd HD'er. In today's episode, we're going to talk about common vocabulary used by neurodivergence. For more information on autism and ADHD, feel free to visit our Instagram at Podcast or our website, www.ashleysartofintimacy.com, or you can also join our Facebook group if you're looking to find more like-minded people. It is titled Audie HD, just like the podcast. All of these places are places we will be getting a bit more intimate about what it's like to live with Audie HD. Now, before I forget to record and you get bored, let's crack into it. Hey everyone, and welcome back. Today, I wanted to delve into the vocabulary that neurodivergents often use. It can be confusing for some people if they themselves aren't neurodivergent or are newly diagnosed, so I wanted to provide a reference for those that needed it. I do want to preface this as well. Some of these words are also new to me, so I may not be pronouncing them correctly. If that is the case, feel free to correct me. I will not be offended. This is also a very long list. So this may end up being a two-part episode. So our first word is ableism, and that means the practices or dominant attitudes by a society that devalue or limit the potential for people with disabilities. Our second word is alternormative, and this refers to the types of social and communication norms that exist outside of neurotypical groups. Next, we have ADHD, which stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Most people, when thinking about ADHD, picture a person that has difficulty with their attention span, activity levels, and impulsivity. However, a lot of us are trying to reword that into simply saying we have an executive function disorder. Next, we have ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder. ASD means that a person has neurological differences because of atypical brain connections affecting their development. Autism is our next word, and that is a developmental disability that appears during early childhood that can often impact a person's ability to self regulate, communicate, socialize, and form relationships. I would like to clarify there that that is not always the case, but it can impact those areas. Our next word is autist, which is used to describe an autistic person in the singular form. CBT is our next word, which stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. And that is a type of talk therapy that helps with creating solutions for sensory issues. Next we have differability or diff-ability. This is a combination of the words different and ability. This is often used as an alternative to disability because disability comes with a lot of negative connotations. Our next word is dyscalculia, and that refers to a person that has difficulty with calculations and numbers. Then we have dysgraphia, which refers to a person that has difficulty spelling or putting thoughts together on paper. Next we have dyslexia which refers to a person that has difficulty reading. People with dyslexia may also have difficulty with comprehension, spelling, and writing as well. Then we have dyspraxia. Dyspraxia is when a person has difficulty with movement and coordination. Then we have echolalia, which refers to repeating back something said to you. Then we have executive function, which I mentioned earlier and that is the set of abilities used to plan complex cognitive tasks or to translate motivation into action. Next, we have flexible working. This refers to changes in hours or location of work to suit a worker's caring responsibilities or as an adjustment for disabled employees. Then we have hyperlexia, which refers to a person that has the ability to read at a very young age. Then we have hypersensitivity, which is an unusually high or intense response to a particular stimulus. This stimulus can be smell, texture, color, light, pain, or even sound. Next, we have hyposensitivity, which is an unusually low response to a particular stimuli, which can be the same or different as above. Then we have idiosyncratic language, which is a language that is often private and has private meanings and is usually only understood by people familiar with the phrases or where they came from. Then we have neurodivergent or ND, which means a person who has atypical neurological configurations. Then we have neurodiversity movement. which is a social justice movement seeking equality, respect, inclusion, and civil rights for people with neurodiversity. Then we have neurotypical, which is often abbreviated to NT and means to have a style of neurocognitive functioning that falls within the dominant societal standards of normal. Normal is in quotations. Then we have neurominority, which refers to an underrepresented group of neurodiverse people who may face challenges or bias from society. Then we have neurominority stereotype, which is a generalization or bias towards people who are neurodiverse. Then we have neurovariance, which is another way to describe neurodiversity or neurodivergent. Then we have nonverbal communication which is communication through means other than words. So that could be facial expressions, posture, gesture, or body movement. Then we have on the spectrum, which refers to someone who is on the autism spectrum or that has ASD. Then we have people-first language. People-first language puts a person before a diagnosis or way of being. And it describes what a person has rather than saying what a person is. Next, we have savants. And those are individuals who possess special talents, usually in the areas of music, mathematics, drawing, or calendrical calculations. Next, we have self-stimulation or stimming. These behaviors are often used by neurodivergence to provide stimulation, assisting with calming, adding concentration, or shutting out an overwhelming sound. Some examples can include rocking back and forth, skipping, vocalizing, or making repetitive noises, flapping hands, or even spinning around. Next, we have spectrum. Which refers to variation in the way a condition affects or shows itself in individuals with that particular difference. Next, we have a splinter skill. A splinter skill is a skill that is stronger than other skills. Next, we have Tourette's syndrome. Tourette's syndrome is a condition that normally starts in childhood, it affects the brain and nerves, causing people to have uncontrollable motor or vocal tics. Then we have transition, which refers to a change from one activity to the next, or from one environment to another. Next, we have visual schedule, and this refers to a tool that helps a person with autism know what to expect next in a series of activities. Next, we have RSD, which refers to rejection-sensitive dysphoria. RSD is when your anxiety peaks at any perceived or real rejection. So I do believe that is all we have time for today. If there are any words that I missed that you would like me to talk about, please reach out. If there are any words on here that I misrepresented or just mispronounced, again, please reach out. Feel free to correct me. I will not be offended. I would rather be taught. With that being said, it was wonderful to speak to you guys again this week, and I look forward to talking with you guys next week as well.